1: Peter Marsh, hello. Howdy. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm pretty good, thanks. yeah. are oh, Yeah, I'm alright, I'm alright. Did you enjoy one of our better weekends of the season last weekend? Yeah, absolutely, brilliant weekend. We had a fantastic result, we didn't play, so yeah. we didn't lose. A Villa season. lost. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? That was good. I may have scared one of the cats in my uh, in my house
0: when uh, Tottenham scored the last-minute winner.
1: Over-celebrating? Possibly. Yeah. Yellow cards? Yeah, I, I got sent one. off, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, the fiance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got sent off actually. Oh, ouch! That was a
1: harsh one. Yeah, I took my shirt off and threw it around painful into stuff, the crowd. Painful stuff. This is episode eight. It's Brighton Rock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, well, this has been a week. Despite the fact we haven't had a game, of quite a bit of should we say eventfulness in the uh, in the football world. Quite a lot to talk about. Our plan overall today was to talk through what's happened so far in the Premier League and in the EFL. We'll get to all that later on. A Little bit of Albion news in general as well to chat over. But there's been quite a few big stories emerging this week in the national press. First of all, most recently, there's been the very big issue of Musa Marega and the racism row that's occurred in Portugal. Porto, he's a player at Porto, they were playing Vitoria Ghirimesh, I think they're pronounced, um, and a massive racist scenario occurred We'll be talking about that a little bit more. We've also had the Manchester City European ban news, which I'm sure you only wanted to talk about, Peter. I've got the feeling you've got plenty to say on this subject. As with most subjects. Obviously, the big talking point is Jose's haircuts. That is of the Mourinho variety. Everyone else seems to be talking about it. Any any opinions? Very angry haircuts, isn't it?
0: Oh, I'm, i I think it suits him really well. <laughs> I've asked him to give me his barber's details. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's presumably a special haircut. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Not anymore, though. No, it's now <laughs> oh, the quiet haircut or it's a the, quiet
0: the haircut. calm haircut.
1: <laughs> yes, they're not quite so. Um, so highly valued haircut, <laughs> you could say. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll talk um, it, we'll talk on various subjects, and that won't be one of them, to be fair. And <laughs> um, we also want to talk a little bit about, on the Albion about um, McAllister, who's come in, he's arrived over, and he's been training with the club. Um, there's also, of course, news of Iskiedo returning for us. So the Flairmeisters are back. Well, one of them's back back, and one's back, sort of back, after being on loan somewhere. And um, oh, that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also a little bit of other Albion news we'll get to later on. Um, so, first of all, the Man City game. Peter, you want to talk about that one first, don't you?
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm no big advocate of Man City, Russ. I'm not going to like stand up here and defend them to the hilt. I think probably they do break the rules and push the rules. I think probably, though, they do it no worse than the likes of PSG and Real Madrid, who have got away with it for years. Hmm. And I do wonder whether there's an issue in UEFA of anti-English sentiment somewhere in UEFA. Uh, They, as with FIFA, aren't particularly a big fan of us, I think, generally. Similarly, with the Chelsea transfer ban, Barcelona had their transfer ban's memory overturned. Completely, whereas Chelsea had to have one window without buying players. Again, I'm not advocating Chelsea, and they broke the rules. But hmm. if you let te- some teams get away with it, you don't <laughs> let other teams get away with it. It feels like, and all of the teams who seem to be punished are from one country. Yeah, it does seem a little bit hypocrisy.
1: The double standards yeah. seem to be immense. do I, I don't, mean,
0: I don't trust UEFA as far as I could throw that, them. exactly, so
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, there, there's <laughs> several issues here. I mean, as you've just said, PSG. Clearly must have been flouting rules. They've broken um, them
0: with every regulation around them, have It doesn't they? feel... Allegedly. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> allegedly. And it doesn't feel as if they've been punished at all. So mm. what the hell's going on there? Real Madrid have a, a, a long-standing track record of getting away with murder. Not literally, but more or less. Or maybe. Allegedly. They've been bailed out by the government, much to yeah. the chagrin of everyone else in Spain who isn't a Real Madrid fan. Um, and you know, they've sold their training grounds, didn't they? a massive fee to the government and then bought it back for mm. a peppercorn amount you know so they, they they're one of those clubs I despise anyway yeah. PSG are going that way I mean City are not the most likeable I'm but not i yeah, yeah when City
0: first came on the scene I was very happy that they didn't want to beat United and that sort of thing but they've yeah. become a yeah as bad as United if not you know kind of worse whatever because they where their money comes from so I'm not advocating City I'm merely saying that. I don't agree with that, Wolf stands. I think they should all be punished, frankly.
1: A beer moth of um, distastefulness, yeah. you could say. I, I would
0: be really happy if they went. They did get relegated to League Two, though, and ended up playing Barrow, as could happen if they got fin- punished by UEFA <laughs> and then punished by the Premier League.
1: Well, at least and ended up
0: playing Barrow and uh, <laughs> maybe Halifax, I <if> are <laughs> doing one in the conference, that sort of thing. To
1: be fair, there's a lot of Northern teams around that, yeah. that level. So, so they do okay. Yeah. Be, they wouldn't have too It'd much, be much travel costs, a much easier trip yeah.
0: to, uh, to, to Barrow than it is yeah. for the rest
1: of us. Absolutely, and the travel costs are important. If you're at that level, you Got to yeah. comply with financial fair play at that level. Then. Yeah, I don't think, I think
0: that would be like <laughs> Raheem Sterling' wages for a week would ruin their financial <laughs> fair play down there. Well, it, while we're on Spain slightly, actually, a slight side issue mm. when I think about it, I know they lost at the weekend, but I was going to say how well Catafe are doing.
1: Oh.
0: They, are, they are third in, the, in the, um, La Liga, ahead of like, Atletico Madrid, and another team in Madrid apparently, because so I read about them last week. That's right, yeah. And, yeah. They're, um, and they're third, they're ahead of Atletico, ahead of one or two others who are quite big names, yeah. and somehow on the basis of I read a story about them, maybe we can mention later in the show, I need to go and check a few details, but there is, they, they, they basically brought in players who were going to retire and had given up on football almost, on a free transfer, and are now like making millions out of them, or, and they're like scoring loads of goals, and it's yeah, it's a fantastic story. Oh, I mean, the billions of pounds that like Real and Barcelona spend, that they, uh, yeah. they
1: um, kind of do. Well, we always love these stories, don't yeah. we? And, um, I mean, you could say up to a point Sheffield United, who we're playing next, yeah. have done well, i have done remarkably well, yeah. unexpectedly well this season in the Premier League. And any stories like that, Bournemouth up to a point, yeah. although they're spent to get in, you know, it's, it's good to see people shaking things up yeah, a bit. Yeah, exactly. I'd I mean, like to good see, good. We'll, we'll talk about the EFL later, but teams like Brentford are doing well in the promotion yeah. battle. I love those stories. I want those teams to go yeah. up, not, not the big Leeds. boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially not Leeds. <laughs> Did we mention we don't like Leeds? I, mean, uh, I love Leeds, <laughs> isn't they great, yeah. But no, Getafe, that's a great story. Real Vacano are also, I believe, a Madrid side, and I think they are higher, higher rated in terms of size and profile. Mm-hmm. So, he, he, he Tafe, Tafe, Getafe, Getafe, mm-hmm. Getafe, probably. Or, um, sorry, <laughs> I just cleared my throat there. Yeah. Um, they're, they um, I mean, it's a brilliant story. They are yeah. a small club for La Liga standards, so that's superb stuff. Yeah. Um. Well, any anything else on the uh, on the Man City? No, saga nothing else for we
0: me. So um, I think. Equivalent, you have a lot of views on Morega and the the issues over the weekend, and maybe also on what happened at Derby as well as over the weekend. Yes.
1: (laughs) I'm going to have a bit of a rant. The first of, no doubt, a number of famous rants I'll do over the course of time. (laughs) So, Moussa Morega is a player at Porto in the Portuguese top division. Um, They were playing Vitorio Guimaraes in a match, I think it was last night, as far as I'm aware. Uh, He was subject to racist abuse. Essentially, what I saw from the footage and what I can surmise from reports is that he was being racially abused during the game. He subsequently scored what turned out to be the winning goal. In doing so, and no doubt fuelled by having been racially abused, he went bounding over to the humerish area uh, where the away supporters were. I think it was an away game anyway. Um, And basically pointed to his forearm, to his skin, making a point about the fact that... you know he's a black guy he scored the winner against you guys this is his former club i think he may have been alone yeah yeah. so you know Mm. i don't know what his relationship was like with the fans when he was there but either way around it's irrelevant that yeah racial abuse so he was racially abused he scored what turned out to be the winner as he did so and as he pointed to his skin and celebrated um a volley of objects were then rained down upon him lighters presumably, all sorts of other small items, bottles and so on, and then seats from the crowds, the black seats the, um, in the in the, sort of the, the area over there were coming raining down on him. Um, bizarre footage of him then picking a seat up, putting it on his head and just sort of continuing to sort of rantingly ram it down, <laughs> ram it down their throats as I don't blame him for doing. Utter crazy scenes. Um, what followed, as far as I'm concerned, was equally as disgusting. I mean, any racism, as far as I'm concerned, is abhorrent, it's repulsive, it's vile, it's disgraceful, and it has no place in society, let alone in football, which, of course, is a microcosm of society. Um, That, in itself, was repulsive. What I also found repulsive, and it seems to be the case from all those that have reacted to it, is that um, the players were attempting to stop him from calling it quits and trying to get subbed off. He wasn't trying to walk off the pitch, just as it was. He, he was making gestures to be substituted. And he was trying to make his way over to the area to be substituted. Um, he was subsequently being stopped by both his teammates and by the opposition. OK, the opposition is whatever. They want the game to go on. Maybe there's an objective to get back into the match. Whatever. But his own teammates were trying to stop him. And that, in itself, is disgraceful. On social Marie, uh, on social um, media, try and get the words out, Marega said... I would just and l- I I I'm going to have to guess what the um, redacted word is from Sky Sports reporting of this earlier but he said I'm I'm good on him for this by the way he said I would just like to tell these idiots who come to the stadium to make racist screams something sweary <laughs> um presumably fuck off or something to those 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 effects and I also thank the referees for not defending me and for giving me a yellow card because I defend my skin color Hope I never find you on a football field again. I don't know if that means the referee or the, uh, or, the, um, or whoever, but presumably it does. You are a shame, obviously it means shameful. So pretty strong stuff from him. Hard um, to argue with any of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty strong. And um, I mean, there, there was other reactions from Sergio Conte Sal, who I think was a prominent Portuguese yeah. international. He's the manager of Porto at the moment and apparently doing quite well. Uh, he was furious as well. He was ranting at the crowd making gestures to basically tell them to shut the fuck up. Um, it, was, it was pretty, I mean, so, so nothing wrong with him, what he was doing. But the fact his own teammates were trying to stop yeah. him coming off the pitch. The guy had clearly lost his head, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a completely understandable way. People are throwing seats at you. What, what the hell is going on? And to then have your teammates try and stop you from getting off the pitch, when you're mm. in a position of extreme pressure, extreme stress... And as somebody said on Sky Sports News, you know, you're in a, I think it was um, Sean Gota was talking about it. He, he was saying, you're in a position of extreme isolation at that moment. And you're, you know, you're, you're feeling alone as it is just with the incident. And to then have your teammates essentially physically grab you and try and stop you getting off the pitch. Um, what the hell is that all about? Um, i try and remember, it's a guy who's got Sergio on the back of his, of his kit. And I think the other guy is Ottavio. Those were the key culprits in the matter. Um, I just think it's an absolute disgrace. I think racism is on the rise. I think it's prevalent in society across Europe. It is bad in England. We've prided ourselves uh, on tempering things down, sorting this out, getting it really under wraps. In recent years, it's resurged, hasn't it? That's, that's been a massive problem. Um, there's been a debate about whether there's a lot of reporting uh, beyond what had happened before, so are are just reported incidences on the rise as opposed to incidents. I think that's partly true, but I don't think it's the... I I don't think that's true at
0: all. I'm not going to get into politics, but I think it's undoubtedly linked to the whole split of the country over Brexit, I think, probably, in this country. I mean, we had... I think a lot of countries had a problem with it, ongoing... Italy. I mean, a classic example with Balotelli, with Brescia, where basically Brescia fans defended the opposing team's fans for being racist towards their own player. I mean, that was... And now they've transferred this to Balotelli, I think, recently, didn't they? Or It's just... That's just an absolute disgrace. And Italian fans basically say, we don't have racism in this country because, Mm. you know, that sort of thing is just an absolute disgrace. And we're moving back towards it. You hear of quite regular things at Albion and other clubs of people being ejected and banned. Quite rightly, obviously, you've got to ban them, but... It wasn't happening ten years ago, five years ago, and I think it is because of hmm. Brexit allowed a lot of these things to happen. It kind of, I, I'm not saying that anyone in particular, with, you know, voted for Brexit was anyway made you racist. What I'm saying is that the people who were racist were allowed to go ahead with it, and I don't want to get put it on the politics, but that's my personal opinion of this country that we've it kind of vindicated people who did have these views who held them back because they thought they were. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a isolated. sense,
1: I think a sense of um, release and empowerment's been given to them. Whether, whether that's what it should be or not is another matter, but they feel Oh, it completely, no, I mean, I don't Definitely. think, the
0: vast majority of people who voted for Brexit did not vote for it in any way, because like, yeah. I don't want to get into any sort no, of like, no, no, that's right. suggestion that I'm saying that, but I do think that people who are
1: would certainly have voted Brexit yeah, for different reasons. and maybe
0: yeah, were, yeah. have been, then been kind of yeah, yeah. backed up. And it's been going on, obviously. I mean, there's been a lot of ongoing racism in Spain and Italy and that sort of country for a country like that for a long time. Turkey is another one you hear about the incidents, you know. And it's horrendous. And it's like, I just I don't understand. I've not heard it before. before. It's quite sad I've not really... Yeah. But there was some incident between Morega and uh, the Grammaric fans when they were... And he's playing there. That started it, or something like that, or yeah, perhaps, whether maybe. they picked out him yeah. out particularly because of that. But that doesn't in any way defend what happened. It's
1: hmm, absolutely not. The, yeah,
0: it's absolutely. absolutely indefensible, and it's and it comes and when you then hear about radio people like Craig Ramage on Radio Derby yeah. saying things like he said this week this yeah. weekend, yeah. I mean, you can see where it comes from because it's it, obviously it's a big step between one comment on a radio show and people are throwing suits at someone, but. It's the same thought process that, that leads from one, from A to B. Yeah, and
1: yeah, yeah I mean, a couple yeah. of points on that. I mean, first of all, I mean, you've been an Albion fan for, what, 20, 25 years, something along those lines, 30 years now. my 30th now. season. And, and it's actually my 40th or 41st, I think, as well. And, I mean, we've, I don't know about you, I, I don't want to speak for you, you'll know, no doubt tell me if this is wrong, but I'm assuming you haven't been used to having regular racist or homophobic no, or any other no kind no. of abusive... Gestures or comments made in your earshot. um, Again, I mean, I've 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 very
0: rarely experienced too much. The worst experience was not like obviously Albion fans, but at Mm. Burnley, when Guyton Bond was abused for the whole game by their fans in an absolutely disgraceful manner, which they claim was to do with him and him and the was Rodriguez things, but for their own. Yeah. was disgraceful and utterly racist from a lot of their fans and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the way that was dealt with by Burnley was non-existent, an absolute yeah. joke.
1: I mean, from my experience and all the time I've been going, um, maybe I didn't have a radar for it as a kid, so I can't comment on the first few years, but in general, I think I've only experienced racism two, three times no. in my whole time going to the Albion. And when I did, those people were, if not turned on, then certainly vilified for what yeah. they'd done. Um, Well,
0: Brighton's quite a liberal area. It it is quite a liberal area, yeah. And
1: maybe there's a bit of distortion in terms of just just extracting what we know. But I don't get the impression that it was anywhere near as prevalent in the past at other clubs as it is now. That's one thing to mention. And um, I mean, it's it's just it's very unfortunate um, that it's happening. But it seems to be happening virtually every week. There's reports of something just in England, let alone what's going on in Italy. The Sterling incident
0: this season at Chelsea, was it?
1: Yeah, that, yeah, it? yeah, that's right. There's been a number of cases. Salah's Chelsea been, seemed
0: quite a regular yeah. occurrence, to be honest. Yeah. Like
1: There's of, been homophobic abuse by West Ham fans of Chelsea fans. Salah's been Islamically, pho- Islamophobically abused. There's been a number of other lower league incidences. I can't mm. remember the names of the people, unfortunately. Well, There's the one at um, on Harry Twitter
0: Gay against Yeovil, was it? Yeah. The, when they went took the cold game off because Yeovil yeah. fans were so, were so abusive.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and all of these things all just feed into this narrative that that things are clearly getting out of hand. This isn't just about reported crime at all. There's no... No, this
0: is... It may be a case that things are reported more happily these days because people are more confident they can do it anonymously and not get turned on by people. Yeah. But, yeah, there's no question it happens a lot more these days. For something that... Everyone thought we'd beaten an English game and completely, you know, eradicate all but the odd comment eradicated, yeah. and it's now yeah. been kind of come back and become a lot. We say a lot more prevalent every week. There seems to be yeah. someone, even at Albion, there seems to be quite regularly kind of comments you see about three or four people rejected, or there was one even for you know kind of the. Yeah, for violence as well these days recently mm. with a steward and, and Paul Cameron
1: well, who's a guest at Seagulls over London most, um, most recent guest he was saying about how they're really clamping down on yeah. anything like that because so they've, they had yeah, yeah, they've had enough of it they've had enough of it fair play to them you mentioned Ramage earlier um, I think my issue with racism is I think it's a two pronged thing you've got the sinister more aggressive more unpleasant vile type of racists who are out and out racists and then you've got a number of people who do what Ramage has done. I think they've just got some ill-advised, slightly wayward, slightly odd Mm. ideas of of things, possibly a case of stereotyping, as much as any any other word would be appropriate, where you see something, you you can appropriate a pattern, and then you start to form an idea that you probably should just keep to yourself. Um, To explain, Craig Ramage is a former Derby player. He played for several clubs. um, He's a Derby lad, I believe. He's now working for is it BBC not anymore Derby. Isn't well he was yeah. Derby, yeah he was working for them um, I mean he said um, the, what well, the quote I'm going to tell you what the quote is he said when I took over and I look at certain pla sorry when I look over and I look at certain players their body language their stance the way they act you just feel whoa hold on a minute he needs pulling down a peg or two so I'd probably say that all about young black lads so it's not a offensive comment in terms of an out and out racist Mm. comment directly but it's clearly making a comment about Right, it's isolating yeah. race as and the ludicrous part thing is, but
0: yeah, and it's things like comments like that that legitimize the views of a lot of other exactly. people who are more extreme. And the stupid thing is, if he just said young players, he'd have been he'd have been right. Yeah. and you know, it's like I don't understand a lot of young players as most people. If you or I were nineteen and had were getting like yeah. twenty grand a week or thirty grand a week or ten grand a week. Well,
1: if he just said a lot of young players, yeah. but he he neither said just young players. He said black players. He also said all. The young black yeah. players, uh, black so players. it's not so, a saying like I mean he like, might be talking about Derby only as opposed to yeah. beyond, but nonetheless. But I,
0: I mean, I think that sort of comment can be put down to a lot of young footballers generally. Mm. I think it's a you know it's a fair point, and in, in that sense, but to isolate yeah exactly black yeah. players as compared to to er, any player, mm. I mean to be honest, if I was 19 and earning what a derby player been in, 5 grand a week, 10 grand a week, with a chance of moving up and getting more, yeah. I would be pretty like, yeah. yeah, I've made it as well, to be honest. I mean, we, people forget that these players sometimes are 19, 20, 21, even 25, and what they were like at those ages, rather than actually remembering that, you know, if you were that age, I was pretty, you know, pretty, you mm. know, not, not arrogant, but you know, you're kind, of, you're kind of much more confident in your own, like, uh, you know, you know you're right, rather than being a bit more worldwide at that point and even more so if you've got five ten grand a week behind you and an agent going like yeah you're the great thing or the next big player and that sort of thing and
1: yeah well I, absolutely completely agree with you the, I mean the other thing is I mean we all, we all do things where you you, back, you pack all, loads of people in together in a, in a category so we're saying about young lads if you said yeah. all young lads that a is generalisation yeah. it wouldn't necessarily be true but there's something a bit different to that than, than yeah one exactly. Of this but the other thing is that um, I think yeah, I
0: think it's it's fair to say a lot rather than all probably, yeah. but I think it's easy to. I mean, it it yeah. is true. I think probably if you like, if you get to a lot of players who don't fulfil their potential because of they think that they've made it at mm. the age of you know nineteen twenty and maybe they they don't. But yeah, in fact, that's not yeah. that's not isolated to black players. That's yeah. all you know, it's all footballers because they you know a lot of potential players. You know, you look at some of them, the players we've had over here. People like you know Kazim Richards. Yeah. you know, that sort of player who kind of like believe where, you know, I was thinking that um, his chat looking kid his career record is, is I, mean, I think we're the second highest club he stayed at in terms of right. length of games mm. and he came to Brighton obviously as a a young player who felt, and yeah. felt like he could do better or whatever quite easily yeah and he's
1: got an attitude and you could, yeah. be, if you picked another black player for example just at random you could say Leon Knight who's got, oh. had an attitude there's equally, plenty of others there's you so pick, many, but it's, it's so not many a black, black thing as well, it's yeah. a general thing and, yeah. and even, if it, even if there's patterns where there's more black players have more yeah. attitudes than white players I'm not saying that's the case but even if it is you might notice what you think is that yeah. but you still don't you mention still, that you still don't say it yeah. exactly and, that's and the and that's ultimately and the, that's, the issue. And
0: what really I find really weird is him start going on social media and saying, and kind of, effectively saying it doesn't reflect my opinion. And it's like, well, why did you say it <laughs> if it doesn't reflect your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's a very weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I said, people might have thoughts going in their heads, and yeah. there's certain things. Fair enough, you can just have the thoughts, keep them to yourself. If you're going to be in the media world, you yeah. can't just say what you think. Uh, without thinking very carefully about it, and you have to suffer the consequences as a result. Yeah. And um, quite
0: rightly, BBC Derby. Have, yeah,
1: have absolutely go, cut, cut ties straight I away. I don't think they
0: had any chance, any yeah. option to do anything else. I mean, at
1: least there's immediate connotations yeah. for him because they, they really should be in that situation, in my opinion. And Max Lowe, one of the Derby, I think he's one of the young Derby lads, as yeah. I understand it. He he commented on this. He said racial ignorance, stereotyping, and intolerance negatively affects the image of impressionable young footballers and creates an unnecessary divide in society, which ties in with what you said, Peter. He goes on to say, I'm also disappointed that a public service broadcaster did not step in to ask the analyst to explain his reasoning or to distance themselves from these um, archaic thoughts. So um, obviously, yeah, some strong words. Yeah, I'm not with any
0: of those. I think that's that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that completely. I mean, you, you, you have, have to. I think also Liam Rossini commented somewhere, didn't he, on uh, on Twitter or something like that. Yeah, of
1: course, Sue also has a derby connection. One, one on of the moment, the,
0: I will say, one of the best spoken person people I've had to see in the media when he's been on TV and that sort of thing. He's like so knowledgeable and it's like can speak so well and it's like yeah,
1: you know, yeah. Well, Lowe's comment, he goes on to say, as a professional footballer at an ambitious, high-profile championship club, I know that my performances will be scrutinised, and I have no problem with that whatsoever, but I do not think it is acceptable for myself and my teammate, Jaden Bogle, to be judged by the colour of our skin. Thank you for taking your time reading this. In a world where you can be anything... Be kind, so yeah, well said. It all sounds
0: great. I mean, I wouldn't agree with him being saying Derby a high profile, but no. other than that, <laughs> they're I, definitely I would agree championship with it I? <laughs> year on year. I they're mean, probably Ram- ambitious as well, but I wouldn't say they're high profile now. They've been done championship for a long time, yeah. <laughs> <So I've> been, <laughs> exactly. every, every other word I would I completely have agreed with. We get loads of Derby fans ringing in now abusing us, aren't
1: we? Just in the interest of balancing this up, I mean, Chris Ramage's official words. As as he released as a statement, where I wish to apologise unreservedly for a comment that I made after yesterday's game. When I said, uh, sorry, what I said was wholly inappropriate and unintentional. Race is irrelevant to the issues that I was discussing, and I deeply regret what I said. I sincerely hope that the players accept my apology. Well, that remains to be seen, but as he said, damage is done, and and that's that's the end of the matter, really, in that regard, I think. Um, I mean, there's not much more to say on that matter other than racism is going to continue to be an issue. I don't think anybody is really doing enough. Yeah. We mentioned about, um, in fact, sorry, uh, Marego himself mentioned about the referee giving him a yellow card. And I believe Balotelli got at least one I in one so, of the yeah. instances he's been involved in. He's been involved in two or three, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, there's probably other examples as well. Why are they giving, getting yellow cards for reacting? I mean, that's almost
0: it's referees, feeding uh, the narrative, uh, isn't it? To be is honest, that... referees, generally, I find, are pretty much robots. Yeah, They stand by the rules and, you know, kind of... Mm. And so if you protest at a referee because you've been racially abused, you get a yellow card because you're protesting at a referee. If you go and stand up near, the, near opposing fans and point at, you know, kind of whatever the purpose of it, you're, you're inciting opposing fans, you get a yellow card. You mm. know, it's kind of... They don't use common sense and dictate that actually this player has been you yeah. know, abused all game, he's been racially attacked... It's, it's disgraceful I should look at it they, they basically just go they're mostly like robots to be honest referees mm. I, well, think, I think generally they're pretty much disgrace I'm not a fan of ro- referees No. So you might, as we might no. have gathered over previous episodes and I, I generally think that the majority of referees are really really poor Premier League you've seen this season I can't remember many good performances of referees no I
1: mean this year last year and probably the year before in the Premier League and certainly in the AFL before that from our experience, has been pretty low standard. I think the Seems top to the first season well. might have
0: been uh, okay, and mm. then last season was dreadful. Yeah, and then the, yeah. basically, I, I was really pleased that VAR was coming in because the number of games at the last that the Vars that were decided by terrible refereeing decisions mm. last season. And was I mean, huge. on the continent, there's and been actually, it's not helped at all. The VAR has actually given referees ability to not bother making decisions. Yeah, true.
1: I mean, on the continent, I think there's been a few games where um, refs have just lost control of the match. So I yeah. remember one game in Spain. Can't remember the teams involved. Uh, I think Atletico may have been one of them. And yeah, he, just, it, he, he lost control of the match. can't imagine a
0: player of a team managed by Simeone, being a, <laughs> just, he was well known as a kind of exactly, classy, yeah. you know, kind of in no way kind of angry person at all in his yeah, day. Yeah,
1: exactly. But what I will say is my wife was watching the footage today when I was at home watching it. She had a day off from work. And I had to rewind it about seven or eight times to get the full Sky Sports report. Um, because she kept talking over it, ranting about how annoyed she was about the ref giving a yellow card and all sorts of yeah. other stuff. Ultimately, I, it's an absolute disgrace. But I,
0: I do think it's because referees just don't, just don't, and actually to be fair to them, if I'm gonna be fair, a lot of the time they, the things they get punished are things like that if they don't give a yellow card. Hmm. You know, when referees get very little, like kind of actual, like uh, management. They get, yeah. they don't get, they very rarely get demoted. They very rarely get dropped. The only reasons they get like dropped from a game of, was it was the one of them. Was it Cla- or something like that? Traveling to a concert after his oh, game yeah. or something like that. Ridiculous. Was it, was it yeah. Mark Klattenberg? One of them. Yeah, I think so. Um, ridiculous things like that. Not because they're consistently shit week in, week out. They get nothing. If they're terrible, if they give out, you know, make about six wrong decisions that completely change games, they're Mike Dean and they cost Brighton potentially promotion to Premier League one season. You know, with a terrible decision, they get back. But if they make, you know, if they go to a concert after a game or whatever... Doesn't matter. Or, if they, or if they don't <laughs> book a player when he celebrates because he's been racially abused, they might... they yeah. probably be like, well, you know, you should have booked him. Or yeah.
1: Well, with, with the Portugal incident, I think part of the problem, I haven't read much on that, but I'm assuming the case is that school hasn't been followed there either and The fact that everyone's trying to fight to keep the guy on the pitch against yeah. his will, clearly there's no joined-up, cohesive decision-making going on by his team. Well, the referee should
0: have been taking him off anyway, other than the new rules and all that. Other the new that, rules, that, yeah. Which is, I think, European-wide, isn't it? So the yeah, yeah. referee should have taken him off, as he should have done with the Balotelli thing, mm-hmm. as he should have done with other, they should have done other things, as the referee should have insisted on doing when England were in Bulgaria rather than waiting three or four minutes, yeah. and then carrying on. Yeah. No matter what the England players thought, irrelevant as that, where they want to stay on, he should have taken him off. And they should have been forced to go off. Yeah. And then come back if they come back on again ten minutes later and it happened again, they should have gone off permanently. It is. And then a... watered the game. Absolutely. It's pure and simple. Absolutely. Hundred
1: percent no... agree. I mean, it is a very emotive issue, and obviously, if you look through the history of racism and slavery and all the other stuff, there's there's been a lot of times through history where black people have been oppressed. Obviously, as we all know, and it's already a matter, of really sensitive subject as it is. So whenever somebody's being abused in the modern era as free individuals who are supposed to be on equal footing, you can understand people getting very emotive very quickly about it. And to be so insensitive on the subject just is disgraceful. There are other issues as well, of course, it's not just racism. Homophobia has been an issue that's also on the rise, even though stronger sanctions have been, in in, been imposed in recent years. Uh, to that end, um, we've—I mean, just from my own personal opinion—and this is another rant of sorts—I went to Man City away about three, two or three fixtures ago. Yeah, it was the first season in the Prem. There was a guy who came out with some vile homophobic abuse right near where we were in the away end. Um, three of us, all three—three mates—who you know, Courtney and Nick and and I—we um, all reported it separately. It didn't make any connections with the authorities. We all just separately reported the incident. Um, We all had replies, but nothing came of it, at least as far as we know. Um, I took photographs of him, mid shot, clear pictures of him so you could identify who he was. I explained exactly where my seats were, so it was easy to correlate where this guy was sitting. Um, There had apparently been one or two other reports from the city side as well. Um, And this guy, as far as I know, didn't get any sanctions. I say that on the basis that both Kick It Out and Manchester City Football Club both replied to me initially and were both quite congenial in their r- replies, but they didn't follow up on it. Yeah. They didn't tell me if the guy got banned. So I'm irritated to think he might not have done yeah. and I'm not completely convinced that he was. And
0: what sort of like, you know, the message does that send out to people? Exactly. If he's back there next game and the game after yeah. and done that, having found a different way to abuse other fans probably in the next game or whatever? Yeah. I, just don't, I just don't get it. I mean, I... First of all, I, I, I love watching Brighton and I would never want to do anything to jeopardise that, frankly. But ignoring that, I would never... I mean, you shout abuse at opposing fans and you shout abuse at the reverie and that's part of letting off steam. But if it takes it any further than that, it's just, you know, terrible. I just don't understand why people do it. It's, you know, it's, hmm. it's just so horrible. It's like one of those things where... It's like, yes, it's a great way to let off steam, you know, your frustrations. Why did you, why did you shoot there? Why did you, why did you make that decision referee? You know, oh, you're a cheap greenish, you're diving again. That sort of thing. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But and I, I'm as bad as anyone probably at doing that yeah. during a game. But, so yeah, when you take it any further and you involve anyone's, you know, mm. any sort of, you know, kind of racism or sexism or homophobia in it, it's just you don't deserve to watch football. You should be banned yeah. permanently. And as far as I'm concerned, if you do it once, you should be banned for life.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's all clubs, that goes for anybody. Yeah, whatever it is, th- yeah, whether it's Brighton, whether yeah. it's... Some, and, uh, some, yeah. on a final word, the Spurs game, I know you missed that because you were ill that day, but um, uh, I took the wife along with and we some other friends to the game, and there's a guy be- directly behind us. I didn't hear what he said because I had a hood on, and it's actually quite acoustically... Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Can you hear yourself? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is not good, uh, by the way. Uh, but anyway, uh, apparently she said she heard the guy shouting at Kane and saying... F-U-U-G-A-C, and I think, you know, and two or three people turned around, my wife included. I heard a kerfuffle starting and didn't know what was... What it was all about. That's a guy in our end saying that. Yeah. And oh yeah,
0: Brighton fans are by no means immune as you yeah, see from yeah. a number of
1: it. We were confronted. He was confronted. and he said? Oh, you can't say anything now. You can't say this. You can't say that. No, you can't. <laughs> That's you the can, point. You can why say do other things? You can, why but you, you should point things like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, a there's no there's no suggestion that he's gay to start with. So there's no need to mention. And even if there was, doesn't. And even if the there is, what's that got to do with it? Yeah. And I don't think the player would have heard it from where we were. Um, but nonetheless, that's that's irrelevant. If somebody around us is gay and is getting offended by that, yeah. or someone who's not gay and is getting offended by that, it's totally unacceptable. Or even if they're not,
0: it's unacceptable. Whether, and even if yeah. no one's offended by it, yeah. it's I like there were kids
1: around. I didn't hear yeah. it. I don't know if other people did. Yeah,
0: exactly. A, the message to kids is that you saying things like that is completely allowed, and it's yeah. And you know, it's so you then you then ha- breed on a generation of people who are homophobic, racist, yeah, sexist, and that it's sort it's of thing. It's just continuing
1: along the road. It's utterly unacceptable. It's disgraceful, and I feel. Repulsed by yeah, what's happened and this week and, and in other was, weeks.
0: I'll be honest, I mean, obviously, I wasn't around in the 70s and early 80s watching football when obviously the worst of it was around. And I feel that it's getting towards the, probably the worst in my, yeah. the most prevalent in the time I've watched since 1990. Maybe early 90s were probably, as uh, you say, when you were like, first watching it, so you noticed that sort of thing. Yeah. But certainly in the last 20 years, since 20, 25 years, since I've really kind of yeah. Messages, but I think it's probably the worst it's been and it's really depressing.
1: Yeah, I mean on on another note uh, related, social media, I mean obviously a lot of the racism and homophobia and other stuff that comes through comes through on social media yeah. platforms. Um that in itself obviously is also vile and it's a lot more persistent, a yeah. lot more nasty and a lot more uh, continual. Yeah. and well, that that could be
0: some suggestion I've read that McAllister got some abuse from Really? It's from, from his fans of Bocca Juniors oh, or whatever, Boca, wasn't right, it? Right. When he left... Just because he's just, left just a band... He made, a sta- he made some sort of statements. Yeah. And there were some comments, I think, from I'd read a North Stand chat with his... The people but basically from, slagging him off for leaving and saying... From what I understand, I he, he, he Not in, like, poor. really horrible stuff, but, like, things like, oh, I hope you get relegated, you're terrible, you know, kind of, you're a disgrace. It's but, like... But he's been called back to his uh, his club. It's yeah. like, and I'm wasn't
1: it, wasn't he perfectly congenial in his yeah. interviews, oh, yeah, from he, what I understand? Everything he said was
0: perfectly right. It's like, yeah, football fans are just yeah Over-react, I say.
1: mean the, 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 in, the, in the environment that we're in at the moment, we've got issues with men's mental health, people not being able to express themselves, and at the same time you've got the social media world where people are getting extremely abusive and saying vile stuff online and people are especially a lot of school kids you hear about suicides and things like that also in the in the media world we've had somebody who's not most famous to everyone, Caroline Flack. She was a strictly Come Dancing winner. I don't know where she, what her background was before that. TV presenting. Recently, yeah, she's been a Love oh, Island originally presenter. Originally, she
0: came from TV presenting as well. Oh right,
1: okay, and she Love Island presenter. I can't stand Love Island. I know nothing I've never about it. Love I want to know nothing about it. However, she's she's doing that as a job, and she's apparently had a load of abuse. She was um she was sacked from the show over a court case that was that was coming up, and off the back of the pressure of that and abuse she's been getting. She's killed herself this week, or last week. Um, it, obviously a tragedy, and yeah, sympathies go out to the family and everything else, but that sort of thing's happening too often. Um, my friend Josh, who you know as well from a WhatsApp group, does a podcast called Together, which is quite good. Statistical analysis, I've mentioned it before. It's well worth a look. Um, but he made a comment about Balloongate, which is another matter we need to mention. Um, the What's it called? What's, what's the thing they're taking? Nitrous oxide, isn't it? Something is that right? Like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, a legal high, which I think has been made illegal, possibly, here. It certainly is illegal in Spain. Apparently, these guys, the Albion players, were, were pictured taking what looked like it might be that through intake, breathing in and out with balloons. Um, not great. Not ideal. Um, if it is illegal in Spain, it's pretty foolish as well. We don't want to dwell on that too much. I mean... I'm I'm going to stay neutral on the whole thing, because it's a bit of an unfortunate situation, Um, if it's true. what By all accounts, it sounds like an Albion fan um, took a video. He was over there, took a video of it. Um, It's been retweeted by others, and not the greatest of situations, to be honest. But it is what it is. Um, Josh, our friend who does the podcast, has um, just expressed some views on the matter, and he himself has been subject to some vile abuse on social media as a result of just expressing some pretty, I think, pretty reasonable views on the matter. Certainly nothing out of the ordinary. And he's, he's been subject to, uh, well, one guy told him to kill himself. I mean, what the hell is going on? That's utterly disgusting. And you have to look at
0: the world look at yourself if you're that sort of person who would say that, really. Um, yeah, I just find it bizarre. It's like, I mean, yeah, I. you don't you have to agree with someone's opinion, but to say... Say that sort of thing, and
1: yeah, and these are direct messages. Yeah. So it's not even just put put in the Twitter sphere it's or Twitter as I. Well, yeah, because it.
0: these people are such cowards that they wouldn't, so they wouldn't dare say something like that because they, even even mm. somebody who, who agreed with them would say, "What the hell are you doing?" Sort of thing. Yeah, a keyboard boy yeah. is yeah. basically you're, you're coward, eyes, a coward, coward, and you, yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you're not. If you're saying that sort of thing, I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't want you linked to my club, basically. Exactly,
1: and I call them out on exactly the same. Yeah, in exactly I the mean, same way.
0: I've obviously got slightly different views to him on this issue um, but hmm. I've had on the WhatsApp group a perfectly reasonable conversation with him and a few others about it. No issue that we, we disagree hmm. but it doesn't really matter.
1: Do you want to talk about what, what well, are your views? My,
0: my views are simply that I think that the, whoever it was, who the, the Albion fan who put it up, should never have done it and they're not, really any, they're not a good Albion fan if they've done it. Hmm. They did it to get attention to look cool. No, hmm. I'm not advocating what the players did. I think the players did was a disgrace and they should be assuming hmm. what's been reported is correct. They should be internally punished for it. Um, but whoever did it should have sent the coaches to the club. Uh, yeah, fair mm. enough. And say, look, do you know what your players are doing while we're away? That would be fair enough. But mm. to do it and put the tab- players on the tabloid media at a time when we really need to be to get the, together as a club, I know it's been overdone. But yeah. it's, it's the wrong thing to do. And it, I think for the wrong reasons, it wasn't concern. It was to try and get themselves more followers on Twitter mm. or whatever, that sort of thing. And, and in yeah. doing so, they've affected our ch- probably affected our chances of staying up because there'll be people who will be like, "Can ever get anti some players, whatever." Then and that sort of thing, and so I, I would say, the reasons that they did it make me think that they're not, they're, yeah. they, they make me think they're not a proper Albion fans. I mean, if,
1: if fans get on the players' backs just that little bit earlier yeah. as a result of what we've seen, and as a result of that, potentially lose a point even. Yeah. That could that make, could make a the difference. difference. Yeah, exactly, and And, that's, so and that, that, that to I me is. Yeah.
0: And if it, if I had any sort of thought that I think it was like a kid who did it, pretty much for seventeen, eighteen year old bit in their social media accounts, and if it assuming it's a person that I saw on Twitter who was the one who was actually leaked it first time, um, and they clearly did it to try and look cool in front of their mates and to get more mates, and if you're doing that, so you're basically then you're not a fan of the club as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, they can. They. i no doubt they will be like, well, I am. You know, I'm just like showing what happened and all that. And there's no question. The players shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't be doing that sort of thing, Even whether it's legal or not. They shouldn't be doing anything like that. Hmm. But. To my mind, if you go and release that sort of thing on social media, then you shouldn't, yeah, to me, you shouldn't be doing it. I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with everything you've just said there, to be honest with you. I, I can't, don't, can't disagree with a single word of it. Um, yes, it's not advisable that the players have allegedly done what they've done, if that is the case. Um, it's, not, it's not ideal because you need to be seen to be squeaky clean and 100% on board with the whole let's do everything we can possibly. Yeah. To keep the club in the right frame of mind and getting as best a chance as possible to get the right results. So it's not ideal. Um it is what it is, but you know, I mean we move on from there. But um yeah, I mean it's disappointing, admittedly. Um, but it's not the worst thing in the world yeah, either. Exactly.
0: I mean I heard Josh's comments, they weren't oh, I saw them I think and me them, them. They're not they weren't bad, yeah. they weren't attacking the players or nothing like that. They were just saying that pretty much what we've just said without the bit about the, the kid on social media. Like, it, the players shouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think any, anyone who says that it's a good idea for the players to do it, whether it's legal or, advi- you know, it's, it's not advisable. It's not a healthy thing to do, I'd imagine. Mm. So why are they doing it on a, on a week yeah. off if they assuming everything is true yeah. that's been said? I mean,
1: the, the one thing is difficult for the club, and I know they've tried to play this down and, and, just, and uh, just keep it under the radar, and to a large extent, I think they've somehow succeeded in some some quarters. Um. It isn't great, though, because obviously we're we're practising really high standards of yeah. behaviour for fans, and that's been one of the criticisms is, well, if we're, if we're preaching like that, we need to be seen to be yeah. tough on the players Absolutely. if they've... And tried. in fairness,
0: we're yet to see how many of the four hmm. starts on Saturday.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes, that's right. Of course, they could be dealing with it disciplinary-wise, behind the scenes, fine, and just not wages it, and you know, yeah. none yeah. of the
0: four start. So. I mean, they usually, all, all four of them could easily... Not start Saturday, so I mean if that happens then you think, well fair enough they've dealt with it internally and
1: Yeah. They've yeah. kind of yeah. Well moving moving on, but keeping with an the Albion theme and onto happier subjects. Um two bits of news this week on the South American Flairmeister front. <laughs> Jose Izquierdo, um who's been uh, an enigma. He's been fantastic in places. We've both loved his work at Stoke in that brilliant team that was goal. A brilliant goal yeah. Fantastic strong that's
0: arguably Maybe our second best in our hand match, but in terms of actual skill and quality and movement, that yeah. was our best goal in Premier and
1: League. And what was the world he scored at the amateur? That, that against West both Ham. I mean, he scored
0: yeah. both against West Ham at first. That's season. right, he did. Yeah. He scored away with a, one the keeper might have done better with, and at yes. home with the keep, one the keeper basically couldn't get him in. So some
1: some great goals, some crucial goals. Fantastic if he is coming back as soon as we're yeah. hearing. Um, he's been in training for a few weeks. Apparently, he he, he wonder how
0: fit he'll be in terms of match. Pickers. Exactly,
1: we can't expect too much. We have yeah. to assume he's going to take a while to get back to. Match sharpness alone, let alone his best form. But great to have him coming back into the equation yeah, at absolutely. least. The other one, of course, coming from a completely different angle is AMAC, uh, Alexis McAllister, who obviously is very much fit and in shape and in form. He's been playing um, for Argentina in the league and now subsequently in the, um, in the Olympic qualifiers. They won the tournaments, they've qualified. He's in a good place, both psychologically and playing wise. He definitely won't
0: see him all summer, though, probably.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they've got the copper America, of course, in the summer, um, which may not help us. And for the Olympics our, as well. Yeah, for and, uh, yeah, of course. So for our pre-season preparations, oh. uh, may not be ideal. But for the rest of this season, great to have him coming into the equation. Again, you've got to rein in your expectations a little bit, haven't you? And not worried too much about yeah, I do
0: see given our lack of a, a striker signing that everything's being piled on ahead of a... On a goal-scoring uh, you know, midfielder. ...20, 21-year-old 20, <laughs> he or something like that to me yeah. who's never played in Europe hmm. before. Yeah. It's, it's a big expectation. I mean, he's, I've seen him in a, the press this week quoted saying he's up for it and he's, yeah. you know, the expectations don't bother him, but which is fine from his point of view, but I really hope that, you know, if he had a couple of poor games to start with or doesn't have an impact first game or something like that. People don't suddenly go, oh my God, what have we... You know, Suddenly, you know, like, like it's been happening with Connolly, where Connolly was lauded as the next big thing in October, and by the mm. couple of months later he's now, or three months later he's now, regardless, as not, not good enough for us, full stop. Yeah. It's, you know, we kind of, Brighton fans are, as I said before, very good at building players up. Mm. In, in this case, before you've even seen him play.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, dropping him down a bit, and it's, yeah. yeah.
1: well, the August reported, but McAllister says that he is... Um, uh, I've just got to read this properly here. My, I've forgotten my glasses this week. It um, says that he is used to pressure after increasingly bearing the hopes and expectations of demanding Boca fans at Le Bombonero, the chocolate box. Um, i just translating that myself, that one. He told the Argus, I try not to think about it too much. I was conscious of what is at stake when you play for Boca, but I tried not to pressure myself and to just enjoy playing football. I think when you enjoy your football, you, you do better. I don't know if there's a lot of expectation here, but if there is, I'm happy about it, which is encouraging comment. I'm happy people expect a lot of me. I have a lot of expectation of the team and of doing well myself. Let's hope this is the case for the good of Brighton. And he goes on to say, I thank the people at Brighton for trusting me in the long um in a long time sorry, trusting in me a long time ago, and now they are doing it again. I'm full of excitement to get going. So he's clearly quite happy to come here. He seems to be bearing the weight of expectation, as he anticipates it, on his shoulders. Um, He sounds like he's quite nonchalant and quite level-headed and an older head on young shoulders. This is all good news, isn't it, Peter? It's all very
0: good news, yeah. Let's hope it's uh, a... South American imports and Premier League had a very mixed record over the years even ones who've come through Europe like mm. Juan Verón who didn't do very well and that sort of thing and obviously he's nowhere near the level of, of Verón yet So, yeah, and I mentioned Coutinho yeah, I think on the
1: last podcast and there's, there's yeah. plenty more besides
0: there's it, plenty who've done well there's, there's also for everyone who's done well there's the Faustino Espria, who uh, obviously came to Newcastle when they were about 12 points clear and then and then <laughs> helped them to not win the league <laughs> so, exactly, so, exactly. It's, so it's a balancing act it's a, it's a very different Culture, I'd say, over here, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. ways, a very different way of playing. Um, we probably play a more, more, I'd say, South American style in some ways, the way we're playing now than a lot of Premier League teams. But it'll be interesting to see how he does in places like Burnley, where maybe the more physical side of the game that maybe he hasn't experienced. and
1: yeah, well, some, somewhere in, in the reports, I'm. Can he read... do it
0: at Stoke on a Tuesday night? Well, exactly. <laughs> a wet Tuesday night <laughs> in January. So, somewhere, somewhere in this
1: week's reporting for the August, they did mention that he was, um, he was. Um, Expecting that, and he was, you know, he, he was yeah. willing to take on the challenges, and he realizes that it might take some time to assimilate. Yeah. And what we do have to watch out for, of course, is injuries. Did you hear about referees trying to injure him? Have you heard about that? No. <laughs> there was an August report which um, was was titled "Alexis McAllister feels fit and ready despite being fouled by a ref." He wasn't really injured. Uh, the report reads: "Relieved, Alexis McAllister is fit and ready for an Albion debut despite being fouled inverted commas by a referee." the Argentinian took a whack to the right thigh playing against Brazil in the final game of the recent Olympics qualifying tournament. He saw the funny side of his unexpected collision with the match official saying, I had a few pains and they checked me out but it has all come out okay. I gave a pass and I felt an impact from behind and I thought it was one of the Brazil players. When I realised it was the referee, he said sorry in different languages and these things happen, he went on to say. Um, McAllister. Um, trained throughout the recent Argentinian mid-season break but says he feels fit and fresh he said I started the season in July with Boca and in December I didn't have any rest because I was with the national team so I've been playing and training since then July um, since, since June, July but physically I feel very good and um, that will not be a problem. Well, I'm just it, relieved he's uh, got through the ordeal. Is that
0: was that, that was the foul that um, the block that, uh, what the referee did at West Ham on Dale Stephens when he was about to shoot, <laughs> leading up to the West Ham breakaway, he almost scored a goal? Yeah, he'll fit in re- really like, well, won't
1: he? Because of that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, do you remember that? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that it was basically was, just that was probably like a referee's union uh, revenge attack for Ashley Barnes fouling a player <laughs> in the past. There, you know, these things. They've got long memories. Clearly. <laughs> um, just one final thing. I mean, clearly the Argus have gone to town with an interview this week. Um, one different every day, is it? Yeah. Different articles, it's the same interview.
0: Um, we should work that one out, just have a <laughs> one interview with someone and do like 10 podcasts based on it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We could, <laughs> we could string all of our stuff out, couldn't we? Just have a conversation and just, just do, do a, yeah. a daily episode, maybe. But no, in, in the final article, it was about him being quite shy, having a few words with Messi. Um, anyway, the article there, the quote, the quote continues, If we are looking at league positions, coming to Brighton will be a bit more like when I was Argent- at Argentinos Juniors. But if you ask me about a match between Brighton and Boca, I think it would be very competitive. I think I can settle, the- settle into the game here. When I went to Boca, I always had faith in myself and I know what I can do. When I arrived at Boca, a lot of people, including people close to me, thought it would be difficult for me to play. I took a decision at that time which, from a football point of view, might not have been the best because Boca did not guarantee me playing very much. But I arrived, the coach trusted me, and fortunately I played a lot of minutes which people didn't expect. There were a lot of star players there, Tevez, um, Zanetti, great players. They had a very competitive group. Those six months were short, but I learnt a lot and gained a lot. Um, he then goes on to say, as a player, I have learnt about playing in different positions, at Boca, I played a lot in the midfield, out on the left. That is a position where I can do well. But everybody knows that I feel most comfortable playing in behind a number nine. It's a bit difficult to go out of the house, he said, about living in uh, Argentina. The fans are very intent- uh, very attentive to the players. I think that's a bit of an understatement from what I've heard. Uh, but he says, but I'm a calm boy. I always try to be close to home, try to rest, try to watch football. I didn't really have a problem. Every now and then, you would go out with the family or with a girlfriend, and people treated me very well when I did come across them, and I thanked them for that. There might be less of that attention in Brighton, I think that would be safe to say, but it doesn't worry me. I tend to stay at home drinking mate and watching football. So, you know, he seems, as I said, a level-headed guy. He seems quite calm, quite tranquil or tranquilo, as he was saying in his interviews uh, during the week. I think all of that interview. I know they strung it out the August, but when all said and done, Sounds, it's a good sound interview. Sounds positive. Yeah. Sounds positive. So it'll be
0: interesting to see whether he makes his he starts on Saturday. Considering as you're saying three of the four players involved mm. in Balloongate were uh, are creative attackers. Yeah. So whether that gives them gives him gives Potter a chance to give him to throw him straight in because he's making a point of showing you know the three players three of the four involved, you know. That he doesn't, you know, he doesn't approve, or there's an issue, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's
1: hmm. possibly so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, on that subject, we're going to take a short break. Nothing to do again. Some more beers in, is it, Peter? Nothing whatsoever, and probably some food as well. Curried pies. Mm. Anyway, we'll uh, reconvene in a moment. And um, what we're going to be talking about is a little bit more Albion news. and uh, We're also going to talk about a little bit on the loan subject. I've got a number of Albion players out on loan. We're going to do what we're going to call Loan Watch Part 1. A little bit of that coming up. We also have coming up shortly a review of the Premier League and the EFL so far. So stay tuned. Angry mood, didn't we? So I thought we'd get some heavy music going on there. Out of the Black by, of course, Royal Blood, famous Brighton band. Ben Thatcher, if you're listening, you're an Albion fan. You'd be welcome on the show any time. Anyway, welcome back to part two of the episode eight podcast of Brighton Rock. Um, In the first half, we've been talking on various subjects and ranting away. In this last section, just wanted to go on to some other Albion news. Um, while I get my breath back from running up the stairs for no apparent reason. Peter, do you do anything like that? Not regularly, no. <laughs> just me that's weird then, great, lovely. I might not
0: survive it, I guess.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I have, to be honest. But anyway, um, so just other news Albion-wise, Albion women, they played, I think it was the day after we last recorded, um, at home to Manchester United in a league game. They'd had their previous league game postponed. Thankfully, that one went ahead. We got a creditable one-all draw, which was pretty good considering
0: considering it's needed an own goal in the first
1: minute. So, <laughs> heckily, uh, heckily, 15 seconds in or something crazy which like that.
0: This must be a uh, pretty impressive uh,
1: early, in terms of early own goals. Yeah, yeah, good recovery coming back. We do like doing that at the Albion, don't we, at the moment? Um, so it's a very good draw. Might help us just to survive. I think we another point away from trouble at the moment, so that's all pretty good news. We were supposed to play an FA Cup fifth round game away to our old friend's Crystal Palace, but that game got postponed due to a small breeze somewhere in London, apparently. Um, in other news, Simon Rusk has been linked heavily with Cambridge over the last week or two. As far as it stands officially, he isn't the manager of Cambridge, he's still the manager of our under twenty. And he was managing
0: them when they beat Man City on Friday night.
1: Too. Yeah, yeah, he, he was there for exactly. our game there. So we're not quite sure what's going on with that, but what's your take on it?
0: I think it's probably a next logical step for him. I think, I, I mean, I, I've no idea how it'll do, obviously, it's the... Uh, Cambridge, if anything, seems to have done really well since they've had a caretaker in, which may be where the delay is somewhere. It's yeah. um, taken them from struggling to one like night three or four games, I think. So that could be where something's changed or whatever. But I think it has to be the aim for people of his, his sort of aim to get into the football league. It's probably a big jump to start managing the Albion now. Maybe, I suppose, there's a vacancy. You'd move up to coaching the Albion first team. Mm. But as it stands, there isn't one. So he, people, you know, people like Russ... I've got to be aiming to go to a, you know, to a football league club team and, yeah. and manage. And if they're not, good, we're not going to get we're going to struggle to get people in the, like that, in that role. So actually, in a way, if players like, if manager if people positions like him get jobs at football league clubs, it's a good thing for Albion because they can then say to the next person they want, actually, you know, the last guy came and did really well, is now managing in the football league. Mm. You know, yeah. gives you a chance to get on the ladder and then to maybe jump up to a higher well, level, just, level. This
1: whole aspirational thing that Martin Perry said on two or three occasions when he's been guest at Seagulls over London and I think at fans' forums and, and, and other media, he's talked about this aspirational uh, notion, uh, the training ground. You, you go from one section to the next, yeah. you can see across to the next pathway, you can build towards things. And it's the same for the coaches, so I wouldn't be at all surprised if whoever's the under-18s, I forget his name, um, if he doesn't step up to the plate yeah. and take the and role, doing very well this season. Yeah, a yeah. really yeah. good season. So. This is assuming if, if Simon takes yeah. the role um, that's been offered to him or reportedly offered to him. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, that's interesting stuff. Um, speaking of the Albion's youth ranks, we've got a number of players on loan, and we're going to start to talk about a little bit of that. We're going to talk today about Ben White, Jason Mullumby, Matt Clark, the returning Barum Kyle, and. Uh, Probably just a little nod to a couple of people that have done well this particular week, Max Sanders and Christian Wharton. So that is what we're onto next. So yeah, so on the loan front, we've got a number of players out. I just wanted to talk about a few of them just to round off this this episode of the podcast. Ben White, we've mentioned him before. He's on loan at Leeds. He's having a fantastic season. Uh, He's on there on loan for the year. Uh, it's, things are looking pretty good, aren't they?
0: Sounds like it, yeah. I mean, these fans all rave about him. I've, not, I've only seen him play a couple of times in Freefield on Sky and that sort of thing. He's, he looks a good player to me. Um, one thing I will flag, and obviously he didn't get quite the rave reviews that <laughs> that, uh, that White has, but Web, uh, Adam Webster was regarded as being one of the best players in the Championship in the Pretender Half last year. Ah. And there's a big gap between the two, so it's... You know, we can't all expect him. If, if we assume we stay up and he comes to us next season, we can't expect him to kind of immediately be, you know, a top-class Premier League player. He might be, hmm. but expectation shouldn't automatically be there because Adam Webster was one, probably the best in the half in the sound of it, in the Premier League Championship oh. last year. And but obviously White's doing really well, and yeah, hopefully he'll be. He'll to be really good. Yeah, for well us.
1: I think it's a good cautionary tale there. And uh, yeah, he's doing well. I mean, he's twenty years old. He's six foot one. He's been an outstanding centre-back. I've seen him on a number of occasions, pretty good. Um, Background-wise, he's from Poole. He was with the Saints Juniors initially, I don't know if you know, Till Mm. 2014. We signed him uh, that year. He's had three years with us just in the Albion youth ranks. Um, He's had two League Cup appearances. I have seen one of those. In uh, 16-17. to
0: Oxford, I saw him play.
1: (coughs) And how did he do? Do you remember? I
0: don't remember particularly, but I think he didn't do badly. I don't remember going away saying... We've yeah. never been ever further
1: from a football league team again. So. Yeah. Well, 2017-18, he was at Newport on loan for the whole season, made 52 appearances. So. And was he one of their best players, by be. F- yeah, must have been. Must I have think we played for them didn't he? Wasn't it when he beat Leeds in the
0: cup or something like that? That's or right. Or,
1: yeah. 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 Absolutely. 2018-19, uh, first half this year, of that year, I believe he stayed with us in the youth did, ranks. Yeah. Second half of the year, he went on loan to Posh. So that was a division up into League One from where he was with Newport. Um, He only made 16 appearances, obviously, because of the half-year. And then this year, he's so far made 27 appearances. He hasn't scored any goals in any of his uh, loan periods, by the way, or with us at the moment. That's not particularly a big issue. But um, do you reckon that's an element of his game maybe he might want to improve on, I suppose?
0: Certainly. I mean, I think as a team, a lot of our chances come from set-pieces, so it's certainly something that hopefully... He will improve on if he comes to Albion. <clears throat> obviously, Webster's got three this year, Dump's got a couple, I think. Yeah. Duffy's got one in his limited taint playing time. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Burr would have had one if it wasn't for a oh, sliver of his, <laughs> of his big toe or something like that being offside.
1: <laughs> he had his a, left elbow. Had a, had a flail of skin just slightly yeah. baggily, waving slightly offside, something like that. Um, well, another player that's been doing pretty well, obviously, not quite as much as Ben White, but doing pretty well is, is Jaden Malumby. He's been on loan to Millwall, um, he's 19 years old, obviously as we know he's from Ireland. He's, um, he's come through the early days obviously in Ireland before he signed for Albion, which was in 2017. He's been with Albion from there till 2019, playing in the 18s, then the 23s. Um, he's made a small number of senior appearances in Cups, I think, and also in a couple of friendlies. Um, this year, 2019-20, he's gone on loan for a season to Millwall. He's been having something of a starring role, and his his star is rapidly rising. I watched the game they had against West Brom, which West Brom eventually won, I think it was 2-0 or 2-1. Um, he was easily Millwall's best player. Uh, what I liked about him myself was he's hardworking, he's busy, he's full of energy, he keeps running, he keeps trying to close people down. If he gives the ball away, which wasn't happening very often, he was quick to try and retrieve it. Um, He looked dynamic. He looked like he had a a forward attacking midfielder's mind. I think he is essentially attacking midfielder, but he could play as a number eight. Um, And I think he's quite flexible. I think his attitude's very good. All of that sounds fantastic. Maybe he's not the finished article yet, but um, I think he's another really good prospect, to be honest.
0: It's interesting what will happen in midfield next year. If we, if you assume we stay up, let for the moment assume we stay up. Um, obviously, Malumbi. Where does he go from from the championship? Doing really well. Does he? Do we? Do we bring him into the squad? If we do, who's, whose expense is he at? You know, I mean, hmm. obviously Alzate has broken in this year, but that means there's five midfielders, plus Pastel Gross and, Ka- and McAllister for the attacking midfield as well. So where does he fit in? Yeah. the Same applies to Baluta. Obviously, he's played for Romania and. It's obviously got, you know, kind of at some point you expect to be, you know, good enough for us. And also Max Saunders is at Wimbledon, so all of them have got to try and, it's quite a crowded area yeah. for them to try and break into. It's yeah, it's
1: got the potential to be an abundance of options yeah. coming forward. If they all came into the fore and actually uh, fulfilled their potential, things could start to get very interesting on the yeah. selections front.
0: And it's interesting that we've obviously started <clears throat> to bear fruit of our link-up with Ireland. Obviously, Connolly's in the squad. Yeah. And we've yeah. obviously had quite a big connection. And I remember reading in, January or December or something like that about a young Irish striker who's coming to England to us like the best player in the at like 16 he's like one of the best prospect in the Irish mm. league or whatever I think we've or always 15 or she'd have signed to, for us
1: at some point and we've always had, others, a, yeah. we've had a bit of a tradition with bringing Irish players through right from the Liam Brady days and probably yeah. beyond Paul um, um, McCarthy obviously more recently yeah, yeah. Uh, not yes. Roy Keane though <laughs> yes yes unfortunately we can get yes, him over yeah. what was it the airfare or something yeah. but but no, we've had we had a number of players through the years, a bit of a tradition, and I think um, long may that continue if they're up to up to scratch. Absolutely. Um you mentioned the island um situation as well with Mulumbi. Um he's represented at all youth levels pretty much for internationally. Um most notably he scored five and twelve for the under nineteens and he's now not yet scored, but he's made ten appearances for the under twenty yeah. three. So or is it the under-21s? It's under one of those. Sort of, yeah. 21s, I think. Um, so, you know, he's working his way through the ranks. Given Conley's broken through, I wonder how long it will be before Malumbi mm-hmm. does. I mean, if they've got championship
0: players on that team, yeah. it's not like they're all Premier League players <clears> in the <throat> Ireland squad. So, I mean, you wonder how long if he carries on playing like that for Ireland, whether he's got a shout of if they got somebody, they qualify for the Euros, whether they, he'd even have a shout of that or if he didn't get a chance of the playoffs or something. Yeah. You know, I mean they've got championship players in that team So whether it's a time to blood a young player debatably maybe they look more ahead to the next World Cup qualifiers but he can't be far off the thinking that they've got if he's doing so,
1: doing so yeah. well for Millwall yeah well I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy with what I've seen of him I haven't seen a huge amount but I've looked at him when I could yeah. and I've been pretty impressed I've seen
0: Millwall fans rave about him time. That's time yeah that's
1: right uh, well Wikipedia for 2017-18, said Malumbi made his, uh, his debut for the Seagulls, first team, 22nd of August, EFL Cup, second round game against Barnet. So that's the one you saw, was it? Was no, I, it I, I, saw, was, I saw Oxford, I think I did see oh, the Barnet one as well. Oxford, yeah. But mm.
0: I think I did see the Barnet home game as well. So obviously Barnet being my local club, I went to. Well, I it we did go it that. said he started
1: the move that led to the only goal of the game. He Which was scored by Tilly. Um, mm. It doesn't say here, but I think you might be right from memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also made his second appearance for the senior side in the next round of the EFL Cup, playing 120 minutes against Bournemouth alongside yeah, that one. fellow Irishman, Desi Hutchinson, another Who's Irish coach. Club. Yeah. yeah, And in terms of his Millwall loan, I mean, Wiki says, he joined them on um, the duration of the season, 13th of August, made his debut, first round of the League Cup, um, started in the 2-1 win away over West Brom, which is a pretty good result. Um, and he said eight days later, he made his, his career league debut, um, coming on as a sub in the 4 0 away defeat at, uh, to Fulham. I think he's only played something like 24 games this season, so I don't think he's played every match. I think he
0: didn't start off in the first team every yeah. week, and I think he's gradually yeah. pulled himself into that, which, is, his way. which, is, which is a good which, thing, which, actually. Yeah, yes. which exactly is that much better than just being automatically played because you're a, a Premier league Lonee, Peter. But the fact he's done that way around is obviously so much more encouraging than playing 24 games when he started in the team and then it's maybe dropped off a little Absolutely, bit yeah. as compared to starting maybe in and out or maybe you know, starting yeah. off on the bench and then becoming a regular like he's done as one of the key players mm. That's a yeah, um, and at a club like Millwall who definitely don't take any shirkers as well it's not like they're exactly
1: a it's a tough place to uh, learn your trade yeah. isn't it But also says. one
0: where they will really support you if you, you know, get stuck in and he's obviously yeah, earned his stripes there so
1: yeah they're very partisan in the best hmm. and the worst ways we're
0: interested to see what happens if they don't think he's ready if we do stay up if we don't think he's ready because clearly if we go down he'll be a key part of that team I would have thought. Mm. given he's doing well for a top half team this year, I would have thought if we go down he'll be a key part of the team for us next year. Yeah. If he if we stay yeah. up, if they don't necessarily think he's quite really for Premier League, where do they go from there? Do mm. they go for a, a really top end championship team as in, you know, like a top top championship team, he'll probably go first or second. Or did he go overseas maybe to try it in like, like the Bundesliga or if they try and find a way of loaning him out somewhere like that. Mm. It'll be interesting to see, or do they, yeah, do they give them a chance in the squad?
1: Yeah, possibly. Um, other players that are on loan in the Championship, there's plenty of them. We're only doing a partial coverage this week, and then we'll carry on with it next week. But in terms of other players, Matt Clark, who we signed in the summer, went out on immediately on loan to Derby for the season. He started, I think he dropped out of the team for a brief period, came back in. I think he's been quite a significant part of their regular lineup over. Subsequent weeks leading up to the end of the year and into the new year. Um, I think he scored his first goal as well um, a few weeks ago for Derby. Um, centre-back that we signed. I'm, I've am i got to say, although he's a good player, and he's, he's definitely a very good championship player, I'm not completely convinced about him yet. I'm not sure if he has, whether this is being biased, but the demeanour, uh, something about him doesn't quite look Premier League. And I think he's got some, some work to do there. Possibly he's still learning his craft as well, to be fair to him.
0: But when you um, look at the likes of Ben White, maybe, and yeah, he's a bit older than a couple of years older.
1: Yeah. He just looks a little bit less sure of himself somehow. That, that's the impression I get of him. He's still, he just looks a bit staccato in his movements sometimes and his reactions. Um, there's maybe a lot of learning to be to be done with him. Um, he's played most of the games and he's still got plenty of potential. Worst comes to the worst, maybe we sell him to Derby or somebody of equivalent. Size and potential.
0: We've all seen from Adam Webster how much Championship defenders can cost.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. So he might be. He might still have something to show, but that one for me is still pending. Um Barham Kyle, another guy that went out on loan, of course, a season pro for the Albion. He's been with us for a few years, been through some very good times with us. Um, he's been out on loan at Charlton, where Tom Ahmed, I believe, went on a permanent. permanent deal, and he went on loan. Unfortunately, Barham's had a few injuries and. Uh, it's, it's scuppered his whole deal there. He's arrived back at the Albion. He's been registered with the Albion for the second half of the season, which I don't know if that's just a matter of protocol or whether there's anything to read into that. Well, I, just, I think you have to be if you're you to if do, you're over yeah.
0: the, age, <clears throat> the age, minimum age, and you're available. I think you have to yeah. be registered, because Lacardia was registered as well, right. even though he was going out to Cincinnati yeah. like two days later. Yeah. So I think you have to if you're...
1: So borrowing Because
0: a, technically you can buy, I think, or you can bring in a free transfer... Hmm. Um, if you don't have space, but you can't have space if you have options in your squad, you can't just say, "Well, we don't really like those two players." Hmm. We just, kept, we're getting, yeah. yeah, we can't get rid of them, but we're not going to have in the squad. You have to have any over-age players in the squad,
1: up to twenty-five players, I think, hmm. probably. And yeah, fair enough. And uh, you know, might as well. And you never know with freak situations, exactly, you we might need them. Um, similar, in a similar vein, we've we've put Anthony Knockart out on loan. I know a lot of people weren't happy at the time, I'm still not convinced it was a bad move, because I think he's got certain limitations, he's certainly a very good Championship player on his day, and that he can do that on more days than he can in the Premier League. Yeah. But I don't um, think he's
0: doing it on the, as many days yeah. as he's did it for us, from the sound of it. Yeah.
1: So, at the moment, I think, you know, I would imagine he'll get sold at the end of the it's year. It's
0: interesting, there are people who still seem to think he's the answer as well, on. And- Mm. On social media and other areas, it's like saying we should have let, we should never have let knock-up go. Knock-up, from what I've read, is not having that great a season at Fulham. Yeah. He had two pretty ordinary seasons for us. Yes, he had great games. People talk about like Manu home in the first season, Palace Palace away. Mm. Although he should have got sent off arguably there in the first minute. You know, people would focus on those. What they don't remember is the the general poor play that he's done mm. or the stupid incidents like Everton away first season and Bournemouth home second season. Yeah, I mean, the where he off. got sent off both times. Having given the ball away for a goal before that as well, and effectively took away any chance we had at the yeah. game. So. It's
1: completely sort of selfish, self-indulgent, yeah. letting yourself go kind of stuff. Exactly why Andoni ended up going from the yeah. sound of it, presumably. And I do love him for his good moments. I'm sure we both oh, do Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, what his contribution to Albion's history hmm. is in absolutely yeah. no way. That's never going to be changed. Yeah, that's exactly. The, that's he, he was undoubtedly player of the year that We went up. He scored fifteen. He assisted fifteen. He was. Yeah. He genuinely took defence of the part, and he was so if, good to watch. Even
1: even the despite the connotations of what that, that led to, the fact that he was he was there having a pint on the beach the day after yeah. the celebrations of the promotion. It's it's not exactly ideal professionalism, no. but it was a bit of a cold moment, think, wasn't I, it as well?
0: I think I'd be inclined to, if Fulham didn't want him, and if we went down. I, I actually almost, if, if Potter could work with him or whoever the manager was could work with him, I'd almost invite him back because he can do that in the Championship. Mm. He can make that difference. Absolutely. And if, he can be the man in the Championship who will basically be the difference between promotion and yeah. maybe bottom into the playoffs.
1: If we go down, he's certainly got a, a possible yeah. role to play. Obviously, that partly depends, depends on who like we whether keep. Fulham
0: as well. just, whether Fulham want him or whether, or whether they've through. gone up or not as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: to be fair, I mean, Fulham have done albeit it's taken them time to get into their stride mm. they have done pretty well and they're right up in there now and certainly yeah, in amongst until the positions until, until they got absolutely battered by yeah. Barnsley at home which was unexpected anyway more on that in the next episode yes indeed um, but they, they're up there they're in amongst the playoffs yeah. <clears throat> and that's despite knockout having yeah. an indifferent season well, Mitch Mitchell mitchell has been scorer, injured he's, been he's injured, still it? top scoring <laughs> <he>. <laughs> excuse me yeah so so um, Difficult times, but we'll we'll see what happens with him. Um, Aside from those guys, uh, we're going to go into more detail on the other loans in the next episode. But just a quick word about the goalies. We've got a number of goalies out on loan Um, Christian Walton, Robert Sanchez, and Carl Rushworth, the ones that I can think of at the top of my head. We'll go into details on their stats and how they're doing. But they've been essentially, they've all been doing well. Walton's been making a number of good saves, I've noticed, particularly in the last few weeks. Sanchez over the season's done very well. I'm not sure the last week or two, but in general, he's been doing very well over the winter period. And Rushworth, you have something to say about Carl yeah? Rushworth? There was a,
0: there was a brilliant save that he made at the weekend for Worthing against Folkestone, I think it was, um, where he just there yeah, somehow managed to tip the ball over the bar. Was on all over social media at the weekend. So um, yeah, very impressive. On, on note, Christian Walton—he's another one I think we've got to make a decision about this summer because mm-hmm. from, from memory, I think Button, Steele, and Walton have all got one year less than their deal. Yeah. Um, and I feel that maybe if we stay up we need someone maybe to push Matt Ryan a bit more maybe than be back up to him solely yeah. and that if that happens if they do get that then you've basically got one of those three probably going to be in the squad
1: hmm. and
0: the other two probably I don't know loaned out or let go or whatever and it'll be interesting to see what happens I would be inclined to give Walton a go in the squad to be honest yeah I
1: mean I've, I've, much of the way I have talked about Matt Clark I wasn't completely committed to Walton. you can see a load of good attributes a load of reasons why he'd be a valued asset. But as a Premier League seasons mm. player, wasn't quite sure about him in previous loan periods, but I've been watching him a bit more this season. And it looks to me, I couldn't really put my finger on exactly why this is the case, but it feels to me as if he's, looking more of an accomplished player mm. a little bit more of a, a, a more vis- yeah and more of a visceral presence in the goal he yeah. somehow seems to be just tuned in and keepers and do take up. longer
0: than, than a lot of players because yeah. they've got so much pressure
1: and i haven't checked his age but he's probably 23 be early, 24 yeah, something like, I think, something like that so he's still got yeah. a good 10 12 13, yeah exactly. He's, he seems older years. than a lot of
0: our, yeah. our players on loan but actually for a keeper he's yeah people don't want to try have like 19 20 year old keepers generally whereas they'll give a 19 20 year old in midfield, a chance maybe in some games. Well, then, exactly, yeah, indeed. And well, there's only one position, so he's not like, you know, he's competing for two or three positions. He's competing for one position often with season pros. And
1: Yeah, that's it. Well, um, we'll see how they get on. We'll, we'll be looking at those guys in more detail. So, Christian Wharton, Robert Sanchez, Carl Rushworth, uh, probably Max Sanders as well, who scored his first league goal at the weekend. A bit of a worldie, I saw it. Was, yeah, the, brilliant. Um, Shot from range with his right foot, top corner, brilliant goal. That was um, his first ever league goal, as we said. Um, And that's for Wimbledon at Rotherham, which has helped them to an excellent two-all draw in a relegation-threatened, away-to-top-of-the-table clash. So that's a full mouthful there, but hopefully that that makes sense. So so he's doing well, but we'll look at those guys in more detail next week. Um, That pretty much rounds up today's episode. We're going to go on to talk about the... Premier League and the Football League, but we're going to do that as a separate podcast, so that'll be our next episode. So for now, that's that's it from us. So, Peter, thank you very much as always. Thank you, Russ. Enjoyed it? It's been good. Excellent, fantastic. From me, Russell Guyver, goodbye as well. And well, see you next time. Stand or fall? Up the Albion. Yes.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.